Yowie wowie! My name's Eric Goldstein. Welcome to Respect to Combat. We got a hell of a show for you today. Stay tuned. Woohoo! And what's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of that Respect the Combat podcast, episode 138. My name's Eric Goldstein. I am your host today. As you are probably aware, we didn't have an episode last week. Um, we unfortunately had some technical issues that we had to work out. Um, as you probably are aware, Don A's hasn't necessarily been on as much lately. Um, he's taking a, se a step back, um, not leaving the podcast whatsoever. He's more so going to be handling stuff on the back end now, just to kind of handle some personal stuff that he's got going on don't want to get into it too much but he's also really busy right now with work as well so felt like this he felt like this would probably be a better position for him which you know we're completely fine with as long as he's not leaving and you know he's still a part of the family as he always will be that's all that matters at the end of the day but with that being said we do have a big show lined up for you today we have a lot that we're going over a lot of big stuff happened this week but with that being said mr trico how are you doing today I'm doing good. You ready to get into some of these mainstreams? Oh, yeah. So some of these mainstreams are going to be very interesting and other the topics as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. I already know some of these things we're probably going to get into a big talk that we're probably going to get into big talks about. But start off our mainstreams. Cassie Lee did make her in-ring return from her pregnancy this past week for World Series Wrestling based out of Australia. And in her debut match back, she won... The World Series Wrestling Women's Title. Now, here's where I got to talk about this part because I've actually been paying attention to this entire full throttle tour that they've been having going on. The first day of the full throttle tour. So the original World Series of Wrestling Women's Champion was Steph DeLander. Now, what happened was, is on the first night of the tour, uh, Sean Spears and Matt Cardona were having a world championship match for, hit, for the World Series Wrestling uh, Men's World Title. During that match... Um, unfortunately, Steph DeLander took a spot where she went through the table and her head ricocheted off the concrete. So she unfortunately, I believe it was a concussion. Don't know if that's exactly what happened, but she was hospitalized from it. So I'm not saying that it's a, okay, obviously, you know, I'm not saying it's bad that Cassidy won. I'm happy that in her in-ring debut, she was able to get some gold. Congratulations. It's just what I'm trying to say is, is that I'm not sure if this was the plan going into it. Well, let's see if our Iconist partner can do the uh, same as well. But uh, I know that she, she has uh, other hobbies. Uh, I know she'd be doing some acting gigs and all that other stuff. And uh, I think she was, uh, wait, did she have her baby yet? Because I know she was pregnant one time. But um, no, she's still, no, she's still pregnant. She still hasn't given birth yet. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to be another like couple of months or, or, or a year until like she's physically able to finish her mommy duties or if she wanted to go back in the ring and all that other stuff so yeah yeah no definitely i mean obviously family comes first so we'll definitely have to see what happens there speaking of family the iron claw which is the von eric's family re recreation movie the first trailer did drop this week i'm not gonna lie i did dig it i really like the tra opening trailer i like how they're portraying the family from what i can tell but where's mjf I didn't see him one time in that trailer. Okay, calm down, calm down. I knew you was going to say that, but listen, this is just the first trailer. And um, I don't know if they're going to show a second one, but um, we can't spoil everything for everyone because I know there are some non-wrestling fans that not by, not by uh, heard of the Von uh, uh, family. But hey, it's A24 who's producing this movie, and you know who uh, everyone who are like filmmakers, 
uh, that loves like movies that come for A24, this will be definitely a Oscar contention. Like, look at Zach Efron and look at the guy from that from the Shameless uh, TV show. They look so jacked up. Like, I looked at the behind the scenes for this movie, and I could tell like this is going to be a Oscar worthy film. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely agree. You could definitely, I mean, they have an Oscar cast first off. So I definitely agree that this, that this definitely has the potential to become an Oscar worthy film and even win an Oscar. So I'm very excited to see where this movie goes. I really expect, I expect big things from it, but we'll just have to wait and see. And then this week on AEW Dynamite, we saw two title changes that also both made history. First off being Hikaru Shida defeating Soraya and is now the first three-time AEW Women's World Champion. Now, from what I've been hearing backstage, apparently there's been a lot of drama going on with this decision. Don A's had mentioned to me something about that there have been rumors that apparently Hikaru Shida and Kenny are dating. And that's the reason why she's been getting such a good rub lately. I mean, I never heard anything about this. I've never heard anything, any rumors about them dating. I even looked it up. I have yet to see anyone report about it. I mean, have you heard anything about this, Trico? No, no, I, I have not. But... I will say this, though. I think one of the reasons they did the title change uh, this week, because I know Sor Soraya doesn't wrestle very often, as she normally does, but I know they gave her the title at All In just before the moment because it was in her hometown. But um, some question is, like, was this the smart move? Because, like, oh, like, we don't know if Soraya can do this, like, full-time that, that she normally does. You know what I'm saying? So... That's one of the questions we have to ask ourselves. Right. I definitely agree with that statement. And then the other one that we had was, so it was originally supposed to be Ray Phoenix versus John Moxley for the international title this week. Unfortunately, John Moxley still wasn't cleared. So Orange Cassidy took his place. And now OC is the first two-time AEW international champion. You could definitely tell that this decision was probably rushed just because, I mean, Moxley wasn't even supposed to have the title off of him yet. Only reason why the title was taken off of him in the first place was because of the fact that he suffered a concussion at Dynamite Grand Slam, which, again, was not planned. So do I think it will probably be better being back on Orange Cassidy? Yeah, I feel like the title reign will have a bit more story to tell with it. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's pretty obvious that this was a last minute decision. Yeah. So just based off those uh, two injuries that we had from John Moxley and Ray Phoenix being that title range was short. I think it was the best decision to put the title back on Orange Cassidy because we don't want further serious injuries between either Moxley or Ray Phoenix. So, um, uh, yeah, so I am not mad about that. Orange Cassidy got a second ring now. Like, if you were to ask me, like, who has been the best AEW champion besides MJF this year, it would definitely have to be Orange Cassidy. Yeah, no, I completely agree. He's put a lot more relevancy on the AEW International Championship, and he's definitely been a fighting champion. Um, I think in his first reign alone, he had, what, like 32 defenses? Yeah, around that range. Yeah. So I definitely agree with that. And then on to a topic that I know for a fact is going to make both of us happy. Triple H has been handed full control of creative for WWE by Endeavor. Thank God. Which, which is good news. But at the same time, uh, you know, Vince still has some control over who gets hired and all that other stuff. And then he has to report back to his boss, which is Ari Emanuel. Triple H is only just in charge of the creative. 
which means the storylines and well, whatever takes place on on television. Vince has no control over that no more. Just to keep you yeah. guys up, uh, well, what they are, what's going on. Well, yeah, but that's actually what we wanted, though. We wanted Vince to not have any creative control because his storylines suck. Like, this is what we wanted to happen because we know that when it comes to the creative mastermind, the creative mastermind is Triple H. So he's the one that should have control so that then they're getting good TV ratings. You get yeah, what I'm saying? TV. Yeah, and we'll talk more about the TV ratings soon. Yeah, we'll be moving on to that topic here shortly, but we have an update on the CM Punk talks with WWE, and I actually just got one that was reported an hour ago by Wrestle Talk. Um, here, I'll read off from it, like not word for word, but basically, long story short, the answer now is no. Uh, from what it's being reported, WWE has in fact turned down Punk's offer at this time. Um, Dave Meltzer has been reporting that the stuff with CM Punk is a no for right now. It could change, but it's doubtful it will anytime soon, unless business goes down or there is a huge public outcry for him that hasn't happened they're saying that this was a vince mcmahon call but the two two others in charge of this decision was levesque and nick khan levesque being triple h but in the end they're doing what vince mcmahon wants it was strong enough that the company officials would be willing to say that they have no interest at this point and talks are dead right now but i also was told not to close the door completely on it because it's wrestling um, so basically as of right now, it's showing that it's a no for CM Punk to be making a WWE return. Overall, I think that this is probably the best decision just because, I mean, when you have half your roster saying, hey, if this guy comes back, we're going to dip. Like, I, I think it's best that you keep half your roster instead of just bringing in one person that's going to piss off half the company. Okay, let me just uh, elaborate on that. And uh, yes, you're right. Anything can change at any time. But CM Punk is still under contract with Endeavor due to um, his relationship that he has with, with the UFC. So let's keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen. And um, anything can happen at any point in time just because they're not they say no right now. But uh, anything can change at any point in time. If you hear that, that TV scratch and kind of personality comes on. Yo, oh, yeah. You know where it's going to get real. And uh, you know they're gonna get a, try to get a lot of stars for our uh, WrestleMania season, so don't be surprised about that. And uh, you gotta ask yourself, where's CM Punk is gonna, gonna gonna go? He's not gonna go back to AEW because he got fired. He's certainly not gonna go to Impact. So WWE is the most logical place that he could go. That's the only place that will give him uh, the contract and the money that he wants. And yes, so. He definitely will have to make a lot of men's within within the company because there, there's a lot of people that don't like want him there. And I'm a I can name some people, but I don't want to right now. And there are certain locker room leaders that CM Punk may have to like make amends to as well, in uh, in order for him to be um uh, in a good relationship with with the locker room and everything. But at the end of the day, it's gonna be business. By the time if CM Punk joins the WWE roster. It will be a business. And I know that might tip uh, some people off, but at the end of the day, it will be business. So I, I agree. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people he pissed off that he's going to have to try to make amends with. But yeah, I mean, me personally, I don't see it happening. And to round out our mainstream highlights this week, Brian Pillman Jr. made his debut for NXT this past week, and he will be going by the name King now. So uh, I believe he's 
going by Brian King. So what is he now referring himself as Jerry the King Lawler son? Either that or he took some reference from the Tekken game. Yeah, either that. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see apparently until this Tuesday and then we'll probably find out more. But <clears throat> I like the character they're building with him right now. I'm intrigued to see what they do. Hopefully WWE does better work with Brian Pillman than AEW did because we all know how that run went. Shit. So... Yeah, overall, I just hope he has a better run in WWE than he did in AEW, and I'm excited to see the work he does. Any thoughts on that one, Trico? If I had to make a, make a guess on when he's going to make his debut, probably in the men's breakout tournament, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely have to wait and see on that. And before we move into our next topic, if you haven't already, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. If it's Instagram, TikTok, or Threads, at Respect the Combat. If you're on X at rtc podcast one and with that being said this week we did have tuesday night wars where it was dynamite versus nxt nxt came out the victor this week with 921,000 views where 396 of them were in the key demo and then dynamite had 609,000 views where 346,000 of them were in the key demo now i got two questions here and i want your opinion on this trico first question being Will NXT keep the same numbers next week without the same star power? And also, did NXT really win this battle seeing as with all the star power that they had to bring out just to try to get the higher TV rating, whereas Dynamite was going was going mostly off of their mainstays? Okay, I'm going to break it down for everybody to understand. At the uh, First off, it's a competition. You know that watched the WWE product for many years. And, in the, and when AEW first arrived in the scene in 2018, 2019, right now, right now but um, you know WWE is going to do anything to try to outdo AEW and bring it back. John Cena, bring it in Paul Heyman, bring it in Asuka, bring it in The Undertaker. That was a desperation to get to knock over AEW. But uh, but listen, everybody say, oh, AEW's dead. AEW's dead. I'm like, shut the F up. Like, AEW is not going anywhere. Like, calm the freak down. And uh, yes, I did see the rating numbers. A uh, NST did beat AEW in the rating. But at the end of the day, like, uh, uh, let me give you a scenario here. Um, when you go to like music concert and uh, who makes uh, more, more numbers there? The old school uh, artists. It don't be the new generation uh, a lot of times because they don't get a lot of numbers. When they when it comes to ticket sales, but when you bring back the the, the old school generation uh, music artists, they bring more money into that. And now, just like in WWE, when you bring like the uh, the legends and all that other stuff, that definitely turn on more TVs than ever. It's not oh, the yeah. new generation that's going on at NST, but um, but going back to um, when we said that Triple H is back in charge, like. Just watch the product ever since the beginning of this year when Vince was still there. Like, and then look at the product of what Triple H is doing. All you got to do is just watch the product and you can tell, like, who runs things and who runs that. Like, we already know Shawn Michaels runs at NST. That's no brainer there. From Monday Night Raw to Friday Night SmackDown, now you look at uh, what's going on. Vince is always the one to like, oh, we got to bring Trish back. We got to bring Lita back. They're like, he relies too much on the old school 
and the legends is not focusing on the new generation. Now with Triple H on that, he focused on the future. But if you want to bring in like the legends, it's trying to like balance it out a little bit. So do everyone understands right now? Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like that, like you said, that was kind of a desperation move on WWE's part because they genuinely wanted to make sure they got the top spot on the TV ratings that night. But I, I, I personally believe it'll be a bit different next week. But that's just my personal opinion. And then moving out from the Tuesday Night Wars, we'll be reviewing WWE Fastlane, which to start things off from Fastlane, I mean, do you want to talk about Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso's match or do you want to talk about the post-conference? <laughs> Which one you want to go first with? Oh, we can talk the match first. Um, Overall, I feel like the match was actually really good, honestly. And Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso actually mesh very well together. They mesh a lot better together than I thought they would. And now they have their finisher, the Cody. Which is like a rematch to the 1D and another rematch to the 3D. Yeah, I mean, I'm cool with it. I think it's a really clean finisher. I think it's nice. So, oh, now that was now the thing was though is that it wasn't exactly the match from Fastlane that had everyone talking. It was the post match. It was the post pay per view conference that had everyone talking. Uh, shall I explain or do you want to explain, Trico? No, you go first. So, if you weren't watching the post conference, Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso were pretty lit. Uh, when they showed up. Um, you could tell Cody, like with Cody, it wasn't his first rodeo. He was keeping his composure quite well. Jay, not so much. Uh, it was very obvious that Jay was drunk. Um, it wasn't even anything to where like they were acting belligerent or like causing a nuisance or anything like that. It was just funny. And then especially the fact that they ended their little stint while they were talking, just being like, and then they just walk and then they just walk to go get some more drinks. I mean, that whole segment right there was honestly hilarious. And then the fact when Triple H came on after them and he's just like, you have me going on after these knuckleheads? What the hell? Are you just going to keep saying yeet? Hey, that's the, that, that was the top of the word. Is that the word of the week? Yep. Oh, oh dear God. We're not making Pee Wee Herman references here. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> and also, if you had missed the post-conference, then you probably also missed about the part where people were teasing about Taylor Swift and Cardi B being in a six-woman tag match against Damage Control. Donaze, you're a dick for adding this into the layout. Ugh. I really hope this is just something that people are, like, entertaining and that they're just, like, talking about and that it's not actually something that WWE does because I really don't think a single wrestling fan has ever had the thought of, hmm, you know who would be really good in a wrestling match? Taylor Swift. Like, I don't just, Trico, help me. Take, take me. Take me off before I go on a bad stagnant. Hey, this will be like if Vincent Bruce was in the room trying to uh, figure out what the celebrity match is going to be at WrestleMania. Hey, Vince. Hey, Vince. Uh, we need to think of a celebrity match. Um, I had an idea of damage control versus uh, one wrestler, and then we can have two celebrities. Oh, the two celebrities I was thinking of is Taylor Swift and Cardi B. What do you think of that, Vince? Oh, that's a great idea. Idea, Bruce. Let's go call up Cardi B and Taylor Swift, and we can get whatever rest of the team with them against Damage Control. That's good shit, pal. He just wants to sniff Cardi B's butthole. He just wants to be yeah. able to bring her into the office and just be like, "All right, Cardi, here I got a hundred grand right here. 
Yeah, just let me sniff your butthole. But here's another hundred grand. Just don't say shit. Okay, we get a little graphic there. Moving on before I get too much into this. It also seems like we're getting OC versus the Bloodline teased for Survivor Series, which we know there's going to be a War Games match there. Um, I'd be okay with this because it seems like they've been going back and forth for a little bit. And then also Mia Yim slapping Jimmy has pretty much become a meme now. Ah, uh, man. And like, they, they even did a TikTok when, when me and him uh, raise her hand, whatever she wants by it. Everybody just like, when's the way? Yeah. I mean, I'd be okay with this War Games match. I definitely think it'd be an entertaining one. I don't think this will be the War Games match, but we'll get into that more when we get go dive into that topic because we got more to talk about before we get into that one. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And then moving into our next topic, uh, if you have not heard about this yet, USADA has officially announced that they will no longer, that they will be ending their partnership with UFC as of January 1st, 2024. Um, this comes... Also, around the same time when people found out that Conor McGregor has re-entered the testing pool as of October 8th, um, he's able to train and take short notice fights as of April 9th, 2024, if cleared. Um, now, Conor McGregor, I believe he's been out for the last year or two with a knee injury, but there's been some speculation of him being on the juice. So the thing is, is that what's making certain people scared is that they think um, with this contract now being canceled that as of January 1st, there will be some fires that will come back sooner and that they might be juiced up a little bit. Now, the thing is, is that there have also been reports that the reason why UFC did not renew their partnership with USADA is because now they're going to be working with WWE's partners as far as who they work with for pretty much all the same jazz that USADA does. In my opinion, I think this is like crazy. And now they got to find another like medical test team to see who will be willing to partnership with, with the UFC. And um, one of the main reasons which I think they uh they split off is of course Conor McGregor and uh, everybody's saying oh uh Conor McGregor is a UFC is UFC's mi uh, meal ticket and um a lot of people saying oh some of the fighters might be happy with this decision but but yeah like what if you get like injured and like uh, seriously hurt like that who's gonna be doing some running some tests right now and y'all physically uh like screwed so it's exactly. just like yeah because like if you look at it wwe even though there's a there, there gonna be sometimes when when injuries does happen and some things do, don't go right but uh but but yeah it's a um it's a sports entertainment um uh script div uh division while you look at uh ufc those are some real hit ladies and gentlemen so there ain't no fake fights in there so you gotta uh, you gotta ask yourself like and of course, when you watch the what's what's be going on behind the scenes of football, I completely agree. Um, it is a bit crazy. And then also with this happening, will former MMA fighters turned wrestlers start jumping sports, aka Brock Lesnar, Riddle, Bobby Lashley, specifically Brock and Riddle, who have failed multiple USADA uh, testing over the years? Do you think they'll possibly make the jump? I do see Riddle making the jump, but uh, since um, he doesn't work with WWE more, but uh, Brock Lesnar, um, uh, he'd be willing to go if the money is right. And um, I don't see Bobby Lashley return anytime soon because he's still in a good relationship with WWE. So, um, yeah, but only time will tell. Yeah, we'll definitely have to wait and see about this. 
And to stay on the UFC bandwagon, uh, we have a few updates coming along for next weekend's uh, UFC 294 event. Um, starting off with Maka, Maka Hachev versus Volkanovski 2 will now be the new match for UFC 294, seeing that Charles Oliveira is still injured and was not medically cleared for the event. Um, the last time these two faced off, it was in a middleweight title bout um, where Makachev lost to Volkanovski, and Makachev is the current lightweight heavy is the current lightweight heavyweight champion. Um, so Volkanovski's moving up, I guess. Also with injury, pa uh, Paulo Costa was denied clearance after his elbow injury because, well, I mean, if you haven't seen his elbow yet, that motherfucker needs to be drained. And he needs to take some time off. But Kamaru Usman will now be facing off against Kamzat Chimayev. And Dana White announced on the Pat McAfee show that this match will actually be now a number one contender's bout for Volkanovski's next opponent for his middleweight title. One, Usman, this is his middleweight debut. And two, he now has 11 days notice before, for, he, there's 11 days notice for both fights. And both Volkanovski and Usman are both moving up in weight. So they now have to bulk up in 11 days in order to make weight. Yep. And then this is uh, the UFC's first back in Abu Dhabi since uh, October of last year. Yes, that too. I forgot about that part. Thank you for adding that part in, my friend. And... Before we move into our next topic, once more, if you haven't already, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. If you're on Instagram, TikTok, or Threads, at Respect the Combat. If you're on X, at RTC Podcast One. Make sure you're following us on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts as well, so that then you get notified about the new episodes before everyone else does. And with that, we are hopping overseas to Japan to review the Destruction Tour, which... Starting off with that, uh, Naito and Sonata both won their respective matches, so now the main event for Wrestle Kingdom is official as Sonata will be defending the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against the G1 Climax winner this year, Naito, which I'm excited for that. It's basically, they're trying to have LIJ versus old LIJ, you know, new faction, like old faction member versus guy that basically gave him the break in new japan that whole jazz it's it's it has a lot of story there so i think this match will definitely be good unfortunately things weren't so good for uh wish.com jay white and the rest of his bullet club war dogs because everyone except connors and maloney lost their titles uh david finley uh aka wish.com jay white lost the never open weight title back to tamatanga then gabriel kid fuck who's his partner i'm spacing on it right now god damn it Whatever. The War Dogs, who had, who were the New Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions, they ended up dropping their belts to Hikuleo and El Fantasmo. I think these, I think these were good moves, but then again, I also have said this before. I genuinely feel New Japan just likes playing hot potato with their championships too much. I really feel that, especially with the, especially with the tag titles. The tag titles they like to freaking hot potato like every couple of months. Honestly, it's kind of getting annoying. Gato, get make up your fucking mind already. And to round out the Destruction Tour, we did see Yuya. Uh, Uemara make his return from Extursion and he joined just five guys only for now the faction to be known as just six guys because you know it's now six guys with joining of Yuya Uemara. So overall the Destruction Tour was quite fun. A lot of big stuff happened. Trico did you get a chance to watch it at all or no? 
Not, not yet. Okay. Well, you'll definitely have to. You'll definitely have to make some time for it. And then we had the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament start this week, as well as announcements for other tournaments. Before we get into that, the participants for this year's NXT Women's Breakout Tournament are Jakira Jackson, Kareem Petrovic, Lola Vice, Jada Parker, Izzy Dam, who unfortunately already lost, Danny Palmer, Kalani Jordan, who has now moved on to the semifinals, and Ariana Grace, which this will be her in-ring return. The breakout tournaments are always fun to watch honestly and with how i said that that we had another couple tournaments being announced cody rhodes was on nxt this past week and he came on to announce that once the women's tournament concludes the nxt men's breakout tournament will begin as well as that the dusty Rhodes tag team classic will be making a return which i am both uh, uh excited for that and um and i think the dusty classic because well we got a lot of tag teams right now because back then when we didn't have a lot of tag teams but but good thing well well, uh, well, for the women's side, uh, that's the problem there. If they do a women's one as well, but the, but the men, yeah, that should be fine. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, I'm excited for both of these tournaments, and I'm excited to see what ends up happening with these tournaments as well. Um, and then moving back over to overseas, back to Japan with some upcoming Stardom and New Japan Strong title fights. The historic X Crossover Two is set for 2024. We have yet to get an exact date, but historic X Crossover that is an event ran by both. New Japan and Stardom. It's a combined show that they that they started last year, and I'm very glad, or actually started this year. I'm sorry, and I'm very excited to see what they end up doing next year. This year's event was quite entertaining, so we'll just have to wait and see. And then the final title bout for the World of Stardom Championship is set as Five Star Grand Prix winner Suzu Suzuki will be challenging Tom Nakano on November 18th in Osaka. Suzu Suzuki this year became the youngest Five Star Grand Prix winner, only being 21 years and 20. 28 days old that was quite a feat congratulations suzu suzuki um if you haven't already make sure you're actually checking out some of her stuff because she's kind of crazy and i like it anywho mayu iwatani will finally be defending the iwgp women's championship at new japan strong's lone star shootout on november 10th it's about goddamn time it's the first time since Kyrie versus monet that the title will be defended in the u.s honestly since she's gotten the title off of monet this title reign has just been kind of boring because she hasn't had any defenses so it'd be nice for her to get some defenses under her reign and as well as for fighting spirit unleashed on october 28th julia versus hyan and eddie kingston versus hanare have both been announced where julia will be defending her new japan her new japan pro wrestling strong women's championship and eddie will be defending the new japan the new japan pro wrestling strong openweight championship and with all of that being said we will be right back light signatures leaving a lasting impression on your followers. Headlights designed to light up your face. An all-wheel drive that insists on weather instead of resisting it. High speed without moving. And range measured by the freedom it gives you. That's progress you can feel. countries, 16 cities, 48 teams, 104 games, all of us, united as individuals, united as billions. So you 
and you and all of you. Bring your game to the beautiful game. We are FIFA. We are football. New song, Somos. We are 26. And with that, we are back. And ah, Trico, how are you feeling? Really good. Same here. Um, we de- we have a little bit more to go over, but with that being said, let's move into our open discussions for the week. So for this year's war women's war games match, who can you see being a part of it? Um, for the way I'm looking at the roster right now, probably Team Damage Control versus Team Um Bianca or Charlotte. That's the way I see it. Um, I don't see anything for the raw roster. Yeah, I haven't really I don't really see much coming out of it from the raw roster. I definitely can see something with the women's roster or the women's roster on the SmackDown. But I'm thinking not so much Bianca or Charlotte. I'm thinking it might be some I I think it might be a team led by Shotzi. Because remember I Shotzi I don't, I don't think it will be team Shotzi, but I do believe Shotzi will be on the team. Yeah. No, I definitely can see her being on the team, especially with everything that she's had gone on in like the last month or two with damage control. So it would, it would make sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then going back to the men's when we, we, when we, we was talking about, um, a lot of things that happen. One scenario, one scenario, you're going to have the four members of the judgment day versus Cody, Jay, Kevin and Sammy. Or if you want to go all out, but but this is just a second uh, scenario. If they don't do the OC versus Bloodline, depends on uh, when uh, how how long AJ will be out. Then you could probably do um, Finn, Damian, uh, JD, Dominic, and Jimmy and Solo versus Cody, Jay, Kevin, Sammy, um, LA Knight, and John Cena. But that depends on John Cena's schedule. If the uh, if the if the uh, the action strike is over by the time after Crown Jewel. But that's just a second scenario. Uh, but the first scenario, I think, is um, is possible there. Right. I definitely agree. And then before we get into our flashback this week, uh, another controversial subject that we had was Tuesday night's Dynamite during MJF and Juice Robinson's segment where Juice Robinson threatened to knock out MJF with a roll of quarters. Now, the reason why this had offended quite a few people is due to the events that are going on over in Israel and Palestine right now. They thought that was a bit sensitive to say. Now, MJF has responded to the criticism on Twitter. He confirmed that this line was cleared with him before they went out went out to do the segment. In his words, he says he wants to be able to tell his story, even if it's using fi- fictional wrestling stories on TV. Yeah, as long as everything was cleared out and, and, and Tony Gunn and everybody else was given the okay, then it's fine. Exactly. At the end of the day, as long as it was okay on both ends, then I don't really see what the problem was. I think it's just some people getting a little overly sensitive about certain subjects, but I mean, you're always going to have that no matter where you're at. And then to flash us back, well, no, 13 years exactly, the infamous 10 10 10, better known as Jeff Hardy's TNA heel turn and immortal formation at Bound for Glory 2010. This was about, I want to say, like six months before he fucked up. So if you don't remember this, he was in a triple threat match with Kurt Angle and Mr. 
Kennedy, I believe it was. Towards the end of the match, Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff came down to the ring. They had a chair. Kurt Angle took it out of their hands, and then Jeff, and then he handed it to Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy was going to get rid of the chair. He may have looked like he was going to get rid of the chair, and then he bashed Kurt Angle with it, basically signifying that he was now going to be aligning himself with a mortal and having himself a heel turn. Brother Nero. Oy. And I mean, if you all remember this time, this uh, this time back in TNA when he was having his heel turn, things just got worse just because, you know, obviously that's when the infamous match with Sting happened. That's when he got forced to go to rehab for quite some time and almost screwed the entire company. But yeah, those were not the best days for Jeff Hardy. But hey, then, uh, we've, we've been uh, clamoring to, to see Brother Nero in WWE, but we never got our wishes. But it is what it is. It is what it is. But hey, maybe we'll get it in AEW. I don't know. Unless uh, Matt Hardy does his broken gimmick again, then I see that making sense. Yeah, that, we'll just have to wait and see on this. And then to move into our final topic of the day, gaming. Trico, do you want to take over on this? Yeah, on the latest news on uh, TCG uh, FGC crossover, TAPS is teaming up with uh, uh, Kojumi to host a new series called Jack uh, Fletcher, which is the official RGV TC uh, YouTube channel and it will feature creators from every uh, uh, venue and then um, episode one which is uh, Justin Wong versus uh, uh, Vicious will air uh, uh, t- tomorrow well actually um, uh, today because we're recording today but um, it, it aired uh, today which is uh, uh, Friday October 13th at 9am uh, Pacific time. Yes so in case people are still wanting to watch it that's actually 9am Pacific time so that would be uh, t- that would be noon Eastern Standard Time. So for those of you that are still wanting to watch it, you probably would be able to watch it still. Just head on over to the TCG YouTube channel and check it out. Seems like they got some good things going on over there. And with that being said, like we always say, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, or Threads, at Respect the Combat, or if you're on X, at RTC Podcast One. Make sure you're following us on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts so then you're notified before anyone else when new episodes drop and with that being said my name's eric his name's trico and we hope to see you again next week deuces